This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith in a culture against faith. All right, so let's talk about depression. All right. <laughs> I don't know that anybody wakes up and goes, yeah, this is a conversation I'm dying to have. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I was dreading this one. Honestly, I'm dreading most of these episodes just because they're, it's hard to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, how was your day? It's pretty good. Uh, it's chill. I mean, well, not super chill, but yeah, it was all right. How was your day? Genuinely, it was it was good. Um, I'd be as vulnerable as you feel comfortable. Yeah, so I'm going through some stuff in sure. personal life, and... In any kind of, what did we call them last week? Mental health challenge. Mm -hmm. You wake up and you have good days and bad days. Yep. And today was a better day than some days, but not the best day. What do we say? What did we end the last episode with? You celebrate the little things. Yeah. Even though it was not the best, it was better than it has been. It, better than it could have been, for sure. Then it's worth celebrating. I agree. Yeah. My day was meh. Yeah, um, had a rough one? It was It was okay. Um, I got up this morning um, kind of in a funk, and then I went to work. Um, and being, being on campus is, is always tough. Yeah. It's just uh, locked in an office by myself and the air conditioning hasn't really been working the best. Ooh, so yeah. it's hot. And yeah. I'm working on something really mindless and boring. Yeah. Which doesn't help. I get that. Um, and, uh, I started getting kind of in my head about, um, some things that's just going on in, in our family's life and, right. and all those sorts of things. Um, and so I, every, every day about noon, I get up and I take a walk, mm-hmm. just step away from my computer. Like I, I walk, I take a walk around campus. But today I started a labyrinth, like mm. a labyrinth prayer. Yep. Um, and every day, whenever I make that walk now, I'm going to pray that prayer. Yeah. Or pray over those certain topics, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, that made me feel better. Yep. I went back and I sat down. And I literally finished my 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 labyrinth prayer, and I sat back down in my my desk chair. I opened my phone real quick because you had sent me an Instagram message. Oh, okay. And I opened my my Instagram real quick, and I saw something that like pissed me off, and. It like sent me in this like downward spiral after I was just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had to do a little bit of prayer of lament there. Yeah. Um, I I tell people all the time like I think it was a lot easier to have bad days like back in the day mm-hmm. without social media and well, not just social media, but even just without. Um, 
social media, the radio, the internet, yeah, anything, just everything. Because you have so much stuff that like influences you now. Yeah. Because rarely, and I mean, like maybe one time in my life, have I driven past a billboard that pissed me off? <laughs> yeah. But I no, can hear true. a song on the radio and get almost every day that yeah. like makes me mad. Yeah. Um. So it's like, yeah, it, these little things can trigger us. But I think immediately going into lament mm -hmm. is a it's very helpful, a healthy way to process because, and that's the other thing. Like you don't always like if you're trying to go to vent to somebody, they're not always available for you to do that. Yeah. And so like having God always available to just lament and go, God, I'm pissed, bro. Mm -hmm. Like what is happening? Yeah. If you have no idea what we're talking about with labyrinth prayer and lament prayer, go listen to our prayer practices. On prayer practice presence. Yeah, those episodes. Um, I have started trying to utilize them mm -hmm. as much as possible as yep. a part of my self-care. Yep. Right, yep. to help. Like we said uh, last week, it, it really helps to mitigate some of these mental health challenges. For sure. Um, at least for, for us. Yep. It, in, in the spiritual world, right? It, it is very helpful for us. Yep. Um, and, and that, I, I do want to say something that doesn't mean, all right, this is a faith and culture podcast Yeah. that going to the spiritualized realm for help in these moments doesn't mean that you shouldn't have an outlet. If you think sure. you need one, like Absolutely. if you, if you, I was going to feel there. like you need to work out yeah. as a release. Go work out. If you feel like you need to take some boxing classes, go take some box. Like don't, don't let the spiritual thing replace some sort of release that you have. Otherwise, if, if you need to get help, if you need therapy, don't let the spiritual at end replace that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. It, in the words of the happy givers, which is a nonprofit organization that I love, they're fantastic. Um, you can find them on Instagram. Their founder, Carlos Rodriguez, is legit. But he says, and they have T-shirts and stuff. I think I have one. Um, it says, um, it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist. Yep, absolutely. It's like, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. It's okay to have Jesus and a doctor. Why is it not okay to have Jesus and a therapist? It's the same thing. Yep. Anyways. So I'm going to open this up with a little fact. Okay. Did you know that one in five Americans um, experience mental health or substance abuse disorders? Uh, that's a pre-COVID stat, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we don't have updated stats well, the, that the, are really like peer-reviewed. Yeah, the one, well, and I don't know how old that, the last one I got was one in four, so. Okay. I don't I, about 25% of people. Yeah. So it, it's only, it's, it's gone up like 4%. Yeah. Right? Um, that, and that might be true. We, we really don't have true peer reviewed stats for this yet. Oh, that um, might be true. That might be true. But we, we have like Gallup polls and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. but we don't really have like true peer reviewed yeah. stats to prove this yet because the peer review process actually takes like two years. Right. So all that data is coming. Um, and I realized listening back through last week's episode, I didn't really do the best job of explaining what a mental health challenge is. 
how do we explain bourbon to non-whiskey drinkers? Bourbon, all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Correct. Yes, all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Yes. All mental health disorders are mental health challenges, but not all mental health challenges are mental health disorders. Correct. Okay. I wanted to clarify that. I did not do the best job of explaining that. Um, I I made it sound like it was kind of one or the other. Yeah. That's not really what it is because a mental health disorder is a challenge. Yeah. yeah, It is a mental health challenge. But just because it's a challenge doesn't make it a disorder. Right. Got it. Um, I did want to clarify that because we are going to be talking about major depressive disorder today. Yeah. Um, also known as clinical depression. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. It's one of those things that if you've ever experienced, um, if you've ever known someone that was clinically depressed or if you've ever even, if you or yourself are clinically depressed or if you've ever even experienced like depressive symptoms, yeah. And gone through a time of depression. It's really hard. Yeah. It's hard to function. Yeah. Right. Some of the, the signs and symptoms that we see from, from, uh, uh, from depression is, is like, it affects how people feel, how they think and how they act. Yeah. Right. Um, so if I'm depressed and you come to me, you could make a joke mm-hmm. that we make yeah. all the time. Right. And then it, it just, I fly off the handle. It hits different, yep. Right? And, and how many times has that happened between us as brothers? Psh. We're going through a tough time. We're going through some sort of depression. Countless. And, and I make a joke or you make a joke and it's just gasoline on a fire. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and we're about to set the forest on fire. Yeah. yeah. So many times has that happened. Oh, yeah. And it... And that's just a sign of depression, yeah. right? It, it, do, it doesn't make you flying off the handle any less wrong. Correct. But it, if you, as somebody who is getting that handle thrown at you, right, yeah. <laughs> um, can understand that, it makes it easier to calm down and, and kind of level out the situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, it also... Influences feelings of sadness and, and loneliness and, and those sorts of things. Um, we kind of, oh, and another big one. Loss of interest of things that you previously were into. Yeah. So, like, if you were really into, like, playing basketball with your buddies, and then all of a sudden you're not, or if you have a buddy that y'all went to go play basketball together, and he, he just stopped showing up. Yeah. You might want to check in on him. Yep. Um, and we also talked about, um, last week, how mental health challenges, mental health disorders can actually affect your body. Right. Depression is no different. It can affect your body in different ways. And for different people, some people, uh, with depression, they can't sleep. Yep. Um, it's either they can't sleep or they sleep too much. Isn't that how it is with everything though? Cause you either eat too much or you don't eat at all. Yeah. Um, you either you either don't sleep enough or you sleep too much, and both of those things can really affect your body. Yep. Right. Um, and so, and, and also how depression feeds into. I, I don't want to get into this right now because we're going to talk about it a little bit more. But like how it feeds into like eating disorders. Yeah. So that's what I was going to um, say. I know me when I when I find myself 
in moments of depression. Not, I've never been clinically diagnosed with depression. I don't think I have that mental health crisis like that. Um, but when I go through seasons of depression, I stop sleeping mm-hmm. and I quit eating. Mm-hmm. Now that's because I'm an Enneagram three and I'm like, well, I'm just going to use this time for work. Yeah. Like, and so I just, I'm not sleeping anyway. So I might as well work. Might as well work. And so, yeah. That's, and then you get in this rut of, of working and you're and like, then, I don't have time to eat. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's when you're going super unhealthy into all kinds of stuff. And you're just, you're compounding all of those things. It's just really not good for your body. No, um, but it's cyclical. Yeah, absolutely it is. Because not sleeping enough, not eating enough, it affects your, ba- your brain chemistry yep. and, and makes it worse. Yep. Um, all that goes back into self-care, right? But um, now th- there is a, a disclaimer here. Lots of people think that if you are clinically depressed, that you are also now suicidal. Yeah, not that true. is not always true. Nope. Generally, can, yeah, it can be true, but generally speaking, depression is kind of a prerequisite to suicide. But that is not always true, right? Seventy. So the CDC and some other researchers did some research um, and found that seventy-five percent of the time, yeah. Um, 75% of the time, depression leads to, or people who commit suicide 75% of the time were also clinically depressed. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I, I went to undergrad with a guy at HBU. Very sad deal. I knew him. We weren't friends, but like I knew him and like we would talk and we had classes together and stuff. And he was actually graduating Like, I think he was graduating, like, a semester early from me. And we're, like, the week of graduation. Mm. And he's, like, already been told that he's going to graduate. He had a job lined up. He had a girlfriend that he'd been with for, like, three years. His best friend, he lived with him. Like, all this kind of stuff. He went to academy, bought a handgun, waited the three-day waiting period. Like, very premeditated. And went to the friendship bridge at HBU and shot himself like three days before graduation. And it was like that everybody was like, we had no idea. Like he was a philosophy major and theology major, had a great job lined up to go teach at a school. Like, but he wasn't depressed at all, but he killed himself. That you know of, right? Well, um, no, but I mean, all of his friends and his girlfriend, like every single person close to him was like, we had no idea. Yeah. yeah it's one of those things that you, you really never know. You just right? don't. Um, and we're going to do, this is going to, that's going to be a hard episode, but I really want to dedicate an episode to suicide. That will be a difficult episode. Um, it's going to be a very difficult episode, but it has to be done. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it absolutely has to be done. <clears throat> so... Moving on from that, it is also, depression is also a risk factor for uh, non-suicidal self-injury. Mm. Um, and for me, this is my field, so if I slip up and use like technical jargon like NSSI, that's what I mean, non-suicidal self-injury. Okay. Um, but 
so non-suicidal self-injury, if, if you don't know, um, it's like cutting, burning yourself. Um, self-harm. Self-harm and, and we try not In to- In non-lethal ways. We try not to say self-harm anymore. Okay. Um, or at least that's just not the clinical term for it. Um, but non-suicidal self-injury um, is, is generally followed- by depression, um, you mean or is is preceded? Depression yeah. leads to or right. can lead to can lead yeah. to non suicidal self injury. Yeah. Um. So, and, and if you've ever known somebody who who did harm themselves, mm-hmm. um, that's also really hard to have that conversation. Yeah. Yep. I had a friend in high school. And um, I knew that they participated in SSI mm-hmm. just because they wanted to feel something. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't feel anything because not only were, were they clinically depressed, mm-hmm. their psychiatrist did not have them on the right medication. And so it wasn't helping. Yeah. And so they legit could feel nothing. All they felt was numb. Yeah. And so they would harm themselves to feel something. Yeah, I knew in high school and college, I knew several people, uh, probably close to double digits, that committed self-harm. And some of them, it felt, I don't know how to say this, it felt less genuine than some of the other ones. But the ones where you knew it was genuine, it's hard. It is like scary how difficult and dark they feel. Well, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, you can show signs and symptoms of depression without actually being clinically depressed. Um, now, this is a pre-COVID stat, but... So MDD, major depressive disorder, affects 8% of American adults over 20. Um, that is a pre-COVID stat. Might be, might be more now. Did you say 8%? 8% of American adults over 20. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that is in, of, over the, pop, in the total population. but Well, it's 330 million Americans. So rough math, roughly, uh, and that's legal voting Americans, by the way. So pretty close. So 338%. It's like 28 million people. Sure. You said 330. Yeah. It's like 28 million people. Uh, no, no, I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I'm telling you, it's like 28 million people. Whatever. For 8%, right? Yeah. So 330 million times 0.08. Sorry, 26 million. Yeah, okay. I did the math wrong. That's my bad. I did 80%. I was like, that's that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so just for a quick, like, um, I'm not going to go through all of these, um, but you guys need to know these symptoms cause, so that you can recognize them in yourself and people in your life. Signs and symptoms of, of a depressive disorder, um, which can look like bipolar disorder, which I kind of want to do its an own episode. 
Um, but self-criticism, self-blame, sadness, lack of pleasure, anxiety, guilt, um, random crying spells, mm. um, kind of withdrawing from your, from your people, um, having to, dif- having sleeping difficulties or sometimes sleeping too much. Right. Mm-hmm. We talked about that loss of motivation, NSSI, um, always tired, lack of energy, weight loss or weight gain, headaches, irregular menstrual cycles for women, mm. um, loss of sexual desire and unexplained aches and pains. So, all of these things are very important. Um, and if you notice any of these things in, in yourself or others, um, don't hesitate to get help. Depression left un, untreated or unhelped can get really bad, and it only gets worse. Um unless you have some sort of a system that you know in your self-care plan that works for you, um, leaving it to go on its own, incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to look at David just really quickly. Yeah, you got like three minutes. Yeah, just real quick. Yeah, so Psalm Psalm 13 um, David was just incredibly depressed, right? Through multiple seasons of his life. Through multiple seasons of his life. He spends a good part of his life running from Saul when he's already been anointed as, or proclaimed, it, or, yeah, anointed as mm. king. Saul won't give up the throne, so he spends time running. And then his own son, Absalom, rises up against him, and he goes running again. Yeah. For, literally for his life. Mm-hmm. So David spent a lot of time depressed, and he has this psalm. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Uh, Or how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death, and my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. And then verse 5, But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. In these times of struggle and and of hurt, um, in these times where you're going through a, a state or you are clinically depressed um, I can't tell you how to deal with it but I can tell you there's a God that you can lean on there's a God that you can go to and you can pray these prayers of lament God why and just as David here he will deal with you bountifully